It is a beautiful Sunday morning here, and we are so glad that you are joining with us today. Uh, we have a great word for you. It's just, oh, the Lord has just been speaking through through Matt um, and through his word, and it has just been so good. So before we get started, would you grab your Bible and your journal, and would you say good morning to your church family in the chats, and then get ready to worship. When was the last time you had fruit cereal? Remember when you pour the box and they all sprinkle inside the bowl and then that dust of fruitiness billows out and it smells delicious and then you pour the milk in and they slosh around and you have to eat it just quick enough so it doesn't get too soggy? Well, fruit cereal is great, but it is no comparison to real fruit, right? The the kind of fruit that has like that almost like commercial-esque quality to it with that mist on the outside. And it's just so delicious, so vibrant, so colorful. And when you bite into it, it is so fresh. See, there's a major difference between imitation fruit and genuine fruit, between a fake cereal and the real thing. Today, I I want us to look at what does it mean to have genuine faith versus kind of a fake substitute of faith. So diving in, Jeremiah chapter 24, I want to look at how Jeremiah views genuine faith versus faith that was based on something else. And it ended up costing these people much more than they want to pay the price for. Jeremiah chapter 24, verse 1. After Jehoshan, son of Jericho, king of Judah, and the officials, the skilled workers, and the artisans of Judah were carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon by Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon. The Lord showed me two baskets of figs placed in front of the temple of the Lord. One basket had very good figs, like those that ripen early. The other basket had very bad figs, so bad they could not be eaten. Then the Lord asked me, what do you see, Jeremiah? Figs. I answered, I I love Jeremiah and just how genuine he is. Like, I know I would love this guy in real life and I can't wait to meet him in heaven. What do you see? Figs. (laughs) Just straight up. But he dives into it and says, the good ones are very good, but the bad ones are so bad they cannot be eaten. And then God breaks it down into what's the difference between good figs and bad figs. And I want you to reflect on that in terms of faith and what God is calling us to do. Then the word of the Lord came to me. This is what the Lord, the God of Israel says, like these good figs, I regard as good the exiles from Judah, whom I sent away from this place to the land of the Babylonians. Babylonians. My eyes will watch over them for their good, and I will bring them back to this land. I will build them up, circle that, and not tear them down. I will plant them, circle that, and not uproot them. I will give them a heart to know me and that I am the Lord. They will be my people and I will be their God for they will return to me with their heart. So that's the good figs. Now let's hear what God says about the bad figs. But like the bad figs, which are so bad, they cannot be eaten, says the Lord. So will I deal with uh, Zedekiah, (laughs) Zedekiah, king of Judah his officials, and the survivors from Jerusalem. Whether they remain in this land or live in Egypt, I will make them abhorrent and an offense to all the kingdoms of the earth, a reproach and a byword, a curse and an object of ridicule, 
wherever I banish them. Then This is the important part. I want you to take this away. I will send the sword, famine, and plague against them until they are destroyed from the land I gave them and their ancestors. So I, I want to talk about this illustration, this story of how God is showing Jeremiah the figs, the good figs and the bad figs. See, the good ones were the ones that listened to God and left the promised land when he exiled and said, you need to leave now. And they were like, that's it. I'm going to a new season. I'm following you. Whatever you say, God, they're the good figs. And then the bad figs were actually all all the people, the rulers and the, the people that did evil in God's own eyes, but also the believers that chose to stay where they're at rather than to move forward into the new season God had told them to move into. So you got this kind of paradigm shift. And I want us to look at what does it mean for us, not just in you know going into exile like this, this is not us for this time period, but we're going to fast forward to where we're at and how does this apply. So this is seasonal moments. When God calls us to move into a new season, what do we do to do? to move forward with God. Because in in Corona times, it's easy to say, you know what? I'm just going to wait and not move forward. I'm just going to wait until the seasons return to what's supposed to be happening. And God's like, what what are you doing? You're in a new season. You're supposed to have a fresh insight, a fresh relationship. Your faith is supposed to be renewed in this time. And you're sitting on wasting your season? No, come on. And so I want to look at these figs in terms of this moment of time and also in future seasons. When God calls us into a new season, are we moving forward or are we stuck where we're not supposed to be stuck? So jumping into the first point, the time to build is now. The time to build is now. People were exiled from their homes and they needed to build a new home. So the interesting thing is not only do we have this division in believers, the the believers that aren't moving forward in their season and in their faith, they're they're far behind, but you have two groups of believers that have moved into the new season. And that's where it gets really interesting. So you have one one group of believers in the new season that are really just sitting in tents going, are we going, God, I, I moved into my new season, but are we going back yet? When is this? Can we wrap this up? I'm, you know, uh, this is temporary. And God's like, you need to build. And then you have the other believers that go, they hear from God and they're like, I am not going to stop pressing forward. I'm going to continue building. I'm moving forward and I'm not staying put. Like this is, they're going with God and everything he says. And so the time to build, I want us to look at that word in particular, what, what says that God will build us up. But our first action when we go into a new season is to build. It's to build. People were exiled from their homes and God says, I need you to build. They needed to build a new home. They don't need to sit around waiting to get back to normal. This is the new normal for the duration of this season. And we need to live it to the fullest. You know, this sounds really familiar. It's like deja vu a little. (laughs) You know, you hear people say, I just want things to be back to the way they were. You know, and it's like, well, what does God have for us from here on out? (laughs) I know, seriously, it's, it's like, we can't waste the seasons we're in. 
We can't just sit around and go, oh, I, you know, hopefully, you know, it'll get back to the way. No, God has us in a new season yeah. with new growth. When we build, it's really building into us this new systems and this new faith. And we need to expand on what we have. So we can't waste the seasons we're in. That, that's not even an option. You know, God wants us to develop with him and grow and expand. And one thing that we do as a church is we do life together in the comments. So right now, I want you to take a moment, really think through what does it mean to build? What is it that you need to build? What is it that you need to work on? What do you need to construct in your life? Is it a new routine? Is it something moving forward? Right? Or you can't just wait for things to get back to normal. What do you need to build into your life? And it's usually evident by what you feel that's lacking. So right now, jump in the comments and write out what do you need to construct in your life? Because not only will you be refining it and, and thinking about it in your own mind, and your own spirit, but you might encourage someone else to think through that item also. Yeah. So let's jump into the comments together. Welcome back I love reading the comments and I love being part of that. Like one of the things that we need to work on is, is spiritual disciplines. This is something we need to build into our lives. We also need to build into prayer routines. We need to build into doing life together. Like how many relationships have we let fall away because we just don't see them in person? One challenge, if, if you're missing a relationship in your life, you need to reach out. Don't think that's the other person's fault. Was it our pastor used to say, a phone works two ways, right? Don't wait on someone else to make the move. You need to step out and do life together. And I love looking at the difference between a house and a tent. When God moves us into new seasons, are we really building and getting all the things that we can in that new season? And it, it almost illustrates out like a, a house versus a tent, so I wrote down a few different ways that a, a house is different than a tent. Number one, protection. Like a tent will give you a little bit of protection, but you're not going to want to be in it long term. Temp, a tent is very temporary. A house is going to protect long term. And when we build new routines in our life of spiritual disciplines and reading the word and actually engaging in worship, we gain this protection from God over our lives. Love that. Another one is a house has continuous power, right? At any moment, you can plug into that wall and get immediate power. In new seasons, when we build up these spiritual disciplines and getting into our word and prayer and worship, we get a source of power that can fuel us all day long, right? It's not just a Sunday morning surge or, you know, I, I like to think of, church kind of like a battery, right? And some people are trying to live off of a battery, but eventually it dies. And they're just go waiting till the next Sunday to recharge it. Mm -hmm. When in reality, God's saying, you don't need to live like a battery lifestyle in a tent. You can have a house with a power source. Plugged in all the time. Plugged in all the time. <laughs> Another one, um, my brain went here, so I wrote it down, is sewage. A house has sewage. Have you ever been camping and it's like you're in the middle of the night and you're like, I have to use the restroom. And you're like, do I want to leave my comfort to go find the outhouse to come back? 
or just wait till morning, you know? But a house has sewage. When we have routines, hear me out on this one. This one's, this one's a little bit of a far stretch. But when we build in the routines of spiritual disciplines, we know how to deal with sin in our lives, right? The Holy Spirit convicts us and, and we have forgiveness. And it's kind of like the sewage. It, it, it's just running away from us all the time. You know, it's, we're, we're void of it and we're able to deal with righteousness. It's being flushed away. Flushed away. I have a feeling a lot of people will remember this one moment in this message more than any other piece. Another one is water, right? You can go into a house and just flip on several faucets. Homes now have several places to get clean water out of. And it's like this fresh water that symbolizes the love and peace and grace that is Jesus. And when we fail to build in our lives, in new seasons, we're missing out on all these things that God has for us. The fresh life from Jesus. You know, all the forgiveness, the grace, the mercy that is kind of like sewage, you know, it's gone. (laughs) The protection that is the roof, the constant power that is the Holy Spirit. We can always be plugged in. We miss out on these. When you fail to realize I'm in a new season and it's time to build. I think that's one of the biggest distractions of the enemy. It's like, oh, you know, get a little too busy here, get a little distracted here, have this and do this. And I, and I think it's kind of, it, it's really interesting during coronavirus times because we now have the most time on our hands and people still find that they're busier than ever. Are you serious? It is such a distraction from the enemy. God yeah. is here for us. Yeah. yeah. Building is all the actions we can do. It's the tangible items we can control in our lives. God talks about building, but he also talks about planting. So I, I, I think this is kind of interesting because you have building, which is the, the surface level things that we can control. But then planting is the Uh, below the surface things it's the in-depth spiritual things that are happening in us right then and there so the building is on top and the planting is below and so uh, i like looking at this in a new season it's time it's time to plant in new seasons number two to set roots down in new seasons see roots represent new sources of life through Jesus. And, and I like picturing what's actually going on. See, in, in new seasons, what's really about is our fruitfulness. Everything that we produce is all connected to if we, our roots are planted. See, the whole plant is based on the root system. The root system is obviously Jesus. So we are connected to Jesus, but if we are unwilling to dive into the new season, to say, Jesus, you are going to show me fresh things in this new season. You're going to show me new things that are going to show up. You're going to give me new sources of life. All of a sudden, our fruitfulness just starts growing. But the saddest part is for a lot of believers, just like in exile, when they went over there, they were just sitting in tents 
because they thought God was going to deliver them in a day or two days or a week. And he's like, well, it's going to be like 70 years here. You need to plant and dig. And, and I think some believers think, oh, this is so temporary. And I, I don't need to set down roots. And I don't need to dig deep right now. And I think the other thing that's kind of interesting is, is when believers have a good previous season or a previous previous season, they set down roots right, and Jesus was connected to the soil, and just how Jesus is pulling out all the nutrients, right? Because the roots always know how to pull out the nutrients in that soil. Likewise, when you're in a new season, Jesus knows what nutrients to pull out of that season and give to you so that you can flourish. And so a lot of believers will get a lot of nutrients through Jesus in one season, and when they go to the next season, They'll keep saying, no, roots, you need to stay connected. We're like, we're supposed to be like this massive vine. Stay connected to my last season and try to give me new nutrients from my past. And God's like, well, I have a new soil. I, I need you to move here and have roots here because I'm trying to give you new nutrients. And that's when we start to develop and grow. Is saying Jesus has new things to teach me in this season. And I think a lot of seasoned believers at some point cap off and they think, you know what? I I learned a lot back then and I'll keep learning stuff in the same method, in the same way, in the same thing. And they're literally telling Jesus, no, this new season doesn't have anything for me. And it's one of the biggest pride things that we can really get into and, and we can lie to ourselves and the enemy can lie to us. And it's all about saying, Jesus, you're my root, and wherever I'm at, you choose the nutrients because ultimately you know how I'm going to grow. That's huge. Well, and that's why crop rotation is so important to farmers. Uh, You have to rotate your crops. So one year you have corn here, tomatoes here. The next season you rotate them because now there's new nutrients Mm. in the soil and and it's with every season it's going to change and you need those new nutrients you need that new um the the new nutrients that jesus is gonna you know he knows what to pick and choose he knows you know so that's yeah crop rotating exactly i mean what if when you're rotating one of the plants decides not to be planted in the new crop area they don't just unpluck themselves and walk back (laughs) to the last you know, the, the place they were last, no. You know, they thrive because now they have all the new stuff to grow from. Yeah. Yeah. God's desire is for us to connect to Jesus more than we connect to soil. Mm, that's good. Just, just sit on that for a moment. God's desire is for us to connect to Jesus more than we get connected to soil. If we are attached to the soil, that means we're, we feel like the soil knows what's best for us rather than what the root knows what's best for us. In your season, don't just take all the social media things and what other people are saying to you and all this other stuff and all your conversations. That's like the soil. They don't know what's best. Jesus knows what's best. Everything needs to be filtered through Jesus. Everything needs to be filtered through your prayer. Everything needs to be filtered through your word. Everything. Because ultimately, Jesus will speak to you through the power of the Holy Spirit 
And that's when you grow. That's when you flourish. See, we want fruitful faith. That's what this whole message is on today. We're in the middle of our faith check sermon series where we want to develop our faith and grow faith and expand and, and not just be stagnant in our walk with Jesus. We don't want to be like the dry riverbed that we talked about last week. We want to grow. We want to flourish. And, and diving into Jeremiah, that's where we're going to find out what faith is. That's where we're going to find out what our faith needs to be like. And it all starts with building these routines to help us grow and planting and being connected to Jesus. I want to switch gears for a moment here. Xerox. Xerox had the most successful single product line of all time. They were huge. One product went everywhere, globally, businesses, places, all all of this. It was so successful. And now they really plateaued and trended down to where others took their place. And the crazy thing about Xerox, the copy machine people, is that internally they had all of these innovative ideas and patents and the ownership said, you know, it's not for us. Let's give it away to Steve Jobs because he'll be able to run with it. And it blows my mind. So what these people had was innovative and creative and it was meant for them. And the ownership said, no, give it away to Steve Jobs. And Steve Jobs all of a sudden ran with what personal computing was and Apple was born from Xerox patents. Is that crazy? And I think that can get a little what believers get into, right? If we're, we're reading our word and we look down and we see something and we don't think it applies to us and we're like, oh, that person needs that and we get over, oh, that person needs that, oh, that person needs that. I think we need to learn from Xerox and realize Jesus is speaking to us now. And when the Holy Spirit speaks through us to someone else, he'll give us those words. But your Bible right now, it's for you. If you're not getting anything out of it, something's wrong. You need to connect to Jesus today and make sure you're getting all that you can get out. It's made for you. It's intended for you. And when we fail to pivot into new seasons, there's consequences. There's major consequences when we fail to move forward when Jesus is moving us forward. And he lists these, co- these consequences out in Jeremiah. And granted, this is pre the cross, right? This is in the Old Covenant. This is in the Old Testament. But I want to look at these consequences as internal consequences post the cross in the New Testament, in the New Covenant. So what happens in the Old Testament is usually physical and things happen and and judgment. And then the New Testament, it really embodies those things emotionally and mentally and and peace of our lives that maybe we can't see that's happening on the surface. And so the three consequences I want to look at are in verse 10, right? Those those were uh, the sword the famine, and the plague. I want to look at these like an illustration, if you will, of what happens when we fail to move forward into new seasons 
and we don't build and we don't plant. The first one, sword. When we fail to move into our next season, we fight God. We fight people. We fight everyone that's around us living in the new seasons. When everyone around us is doing great and pulling all these things out of the word and pulling all these things out and they're just, everything's great, we can get angry and frustrated. What do you mean, blah, you know? And it's like we're wrestling with that. We start wrestling with our frustrations of other people in new seasons. We can fight with God. We can say, I can't believe that you haven't solved this yet. I can't, and, mm-hmm. and we start fighting against God rather than saying, what are you speaking to me right now about? And see, fighting the sword, it's huge. We can become frustrated and angry mm-hmm. if things aren't done how we used to do them. Man, this is, this is such a big pandemic in churches. When seasons change and people that love past seasons will get angry because they're not moving forward to new seasons. It's just like that soil. God's saying, I'm moving you to this soil because it's a new season and I have fresh revelation. And if you're not getting it and you're not plugging in, you will be angry and fighting ensues. You know, it's like, it's like the people are like, I'm just not getting fed. I just, I just can't get fed this Sunday. I just didn't get fed. I feel so dry and so empty. Well, yeah, because you're not connected to Jesus who's planted in the new season. Can, oh, it's huge. Famine. I kind of touched a little bit on this on the sword. But we are starving for Jesus to speak to us in our past season. Right? This is, this is the camp pandemic, kind of. Or the, the high moment or the experience. Like you, you just felt the presence of God just monumentously and crazy. And it was so powerful. And it was an experience. And maybe it was a concert or a camp or a retreat or, or something. And then you lock it in your mind thinking, I can only experience Jesus if I recreate that moment. I can only experience Jesus if I get back to that camp and that one speaker's there and that one worship leader and they do that one power chord and I just, oh, that's the moment that I experienced Jesus. What? You will starve yourself out if you don't connect to Jesus in the new season. You, you have to connect to Jesus. And it's, it's that moment where people just look so desolate and so weary, and so empty. They just don't have a freshness that is Jesus daily. Man, famine. And the last one is plague. Your mind becomes twisted, and your heart is hardened towards the freshness of Jesus. All three of these are pretty similar. They kind of bleed into each other plague have you ever felt just that that bitterness or resentment start as like a tiny thing in in your your heart or your mind and then it just keeps growing and growing and festering and just getting worse and worse like perfect example outside of the church 
Like, have you ever been at a, a family get-together and then someone says something and they totally didn't mean it that one way, but you took it that one way and then you just, like, thought on it the whole night and just kept getting worse and worse and you're just, like, so angry and it's just so, like, I can't believe they said that. And then you start telling other people, can you believe they said that? I can't believe they said that. What, why can't they? I can't. They haven't even apologized to me yet. And there was really nothing ever malicious or bad about it in the first place. And your own mind just went on this like plague. And it just got worse and worse and worse. See, when we fail to connect to Jesus in the new season, we, we limit the freshness and the nutrients that is the root. And that plant, have you ever seen a plant that gets severed from the root? Like we had some outside and it's so sad. Like the gopher ate them. I know it's like left all the onions alone. It's a very sad subject for me. (laughs) (laughs) It's like so sad. And it's all because a gopher came in and separated the plant from the root. And the first day, the plant looked kind of fine. It was like wilting a little bit. The second day, it was a little bit more. The fourth day, the fifth day, the week, the ne- two weeks later, it was fully dead. It just looked didn't, bad. Didn't leave it out there for two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> but you get the picture. But it, it's that moment of when it's not connected to the root. It starts festering mm-hmm. and rotting. And that's what happens to our faith and our spirit. When we fail to connect to Jesus in new seasons... We start festering and it's like this plague that happens to us. And our our mind starts going toxic. Mm -hmm. And then what's worse is not only does it consume us mentally internally, but then what the enemy does, oh, it's the worst. Just like how a plague can spread from one person to another in close proximity. So does that happen in the church. See, when our roots get severed, we start festering internally like a disease. And then we talk to someone else and voice our frustrations. And it's like gossip or frustrate or whatever it is. And then that spreads to that person. And that other person talks and that person talks. And before you know it, just people are just doing bad, trying to kill off the roots in the new season. So everyone else, is adapting and connecting. One plant that's rotting and hasn't connected can infect others. And I want to encourage you, if you're in that season right now where you are just frustrated and somehow you're watching this video and this message, the, the, the cure, the solution is to get planted. To say, Jesus, I am connecting to you today. And I'm not going to worry about my past season thinking that's the best and nothing else will come. Because yeah. ultimately the Bible says what? From glory to glory. From glory to glory. Yeah. And that's the goal. Saying, God, I'm going to follow you no matter what. These people had to ditch their houses. They had to leave their homes. They went to exile completely. Left everything. And they still decided to build. They were gone for 70 years and they built and they flourished and they listened to God. You know, the coronavirus is rough. It's very tough. 
but we don't have to leave our homes and we don't have to abandon the cities and the, the counties that we're in. We're here. And we have community online where we can still connect with each other. I want to encourage you if, if you're sitting here today and you just have this eye-opening moment where you're like, this curse that God talked about, where there's fighting and disease and all of this, I feel like I have this internally and I need to get connected. A great way right now is just to message us on Facebook, YouTube, however you're watching and say, I need to get connected. Man, we would love to pray with you. We would love to talk to you. We would love to hook you up with us or someone else just to do life together. If, if you need to get into your word and you're saying, you know what, I haven't, I've been connected to Jesus for a long time and since my last season that was really good. You know, I want to encourage you, Thursday nights, jump into our Bible study and dig deeper into the scripture of what happened today. And, and lastly, I, I want to talk about some next steps. Every service we are, who our church is, is not only do we do life together, but we also take next steps into our faith. We don't believe it's just good enough just to hear the Bible or hear a message. or that, No, faith without works is dead. We want to take a next step. And, and this week, it's a two-parter. So, first part of your next step. Build one new routine. Figure out a routine that you can build into your life. Maybe it's daily reading your Bible. Maybe it's daily prayer walking. Maybe it's worship. Maybe whatever it is, build one new routine. Something that you thought you lost forever. Something that you haven't done before. Maybe a spiritual discipline. Jump into a new routine. Build into your life. And number two, this is huge. This is so freeing and this is like, I am so excited to see our church do this. Number two, Leave one soil behind. Okay, this, this, it's going to be different for everyone. And what do I mean by leave one soil behind? Leave something from your past in your past. Mm-hmm. Because if you build a new routine, but you're still clutching on to the past, it's conflicting and it can be, can be confusing. So leave one soil behind. That soil is either really awesome and something powerful God did in the past, or it's really negative and something that hurts you, that you're just holding on to, that you don't want to let go of. Today is a time of forgiveness. So, step one, build a new routine. Step two, leave a soil behind. And if you're the kind of person who needs closure to be able to leave things behind, know this. The Lord will bring, he knows how you're built and so he will bring that closure mm. at the perfect timing. Yeah. But you've got to move ahead to get to that point where you will get it. So trust the Lord. He is the creator of the universe. He, he, could, he could breathe life into human beings. Why wouldn't he want to take care of you in your deepest, darkest time of need? You know. So be encouraged by that. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, I pray that you would just anoint us with a fresh season this this week. Lord, let us understand that we have stepped into a new season. And for a lot of us, this season that's new started five months ago. And we're just deciding now to start building and planting. Lord, let us fully dive into that. 
Let us leave our past seasons behind and let us dig deep and connect to you who is the root. Because ultimately, when we're connected to you, we have fruitful faith. We want to see development in our lives. We want to see freshness in our lives. We want to see fruitful lives. And it only happens when we're connected to you. Lord, for those, for those of us, I, I just felt in the Holy Spirit, there's some of us that are unable to connect to the new season because they're so frustrated with something hurtful in their past season. I pray for an, a fresh anointing of forgiveness yes, this week. And for the person that said, I'm not going to forgive, that's too hard. Holy Spirit, work on their heart right now that they do forgive, that they do move forward. In your mighty name, amen. Amen. It's always such a sweet time of worship. And even though we can't be physically together during worship time, we are together in one spirit. And that is just sweet, sweet music to the Lord. Um, and so thanks for joining us for worship. And that brings us to our time of tithe and offering. You can head over to lighthouse805.com and go to our giving page and give there. And we had a couple of announcements for you. One was to, that we need help. We need strong muscles. Ladies, that means you too. <laughs> we need help just getting the final bits of, of furniture and some boxes out of the kids' building and into the sanctuary so we can get um, demo going and... All new kinds of stuff. Things. Yeah, I know. We're so excited. But um, we do need your help. So please get in touch with us. Um, get in touch with Pastor Pat to schedule the time of when you can come out and help out. So we really, really appreciate it. And thank you so much. Um, we had our women's night last Sunday night. And thank you, ladies, for those of you who showed up. It was such a great time. It just it refreshes my soul to be able to see you all and talk with you all and also do art together. It's one of my absolute favorite things. So thank you. And if you missed it, we will be having another one soon, so make sure you keep in touch um, and are in the know of when that's happening. So you can do that through social media, through um, Instagram and Facebook, and also through our newsletter. Uh, make sure you are signed up to be receiving that weekly. If you're not yet, email info at lighthouse805.com, and we will add you onto that newsletter so you can be in the know of what's going on. And then finally, tomorrow here in Ventura... Uh, is the first day of school. It is here, and it does not look like how we expected, and that's okay. <laughs> but we did want to take a moment to be able to pray over our students, over our teachers and staff, and over our parents. <laughs> yeah. um, so if you have kids with you, would you just uh, join together, and we are going to pray together as families and as, as individuals. So if you guys want to come on over... We have our babies. And would you guys just join me in prayer over their school year this year? Lord, we thank you so much. We thank you because you knew what this was going to look like this fall. And you are prepared to bless each student, Lord, in ways to thrive this school year. So we thank you for that. We pray that um, kids who are facing any fears and anxieties, kids who are missing their friends terribly, um, Lord, I, I thank you that you are covering them, that you are going to redeem those things that have been lost, 
in a very special and unique way to each child. We thank you that they will be learning and they will be thriving, Lord, that there is no way that the enemy can hold them back from anything. So we are believing for that and thanking you for that. Mm-hmm. I pray that uh, where there are needs, would they be met? We thank you, Father, for what you're going to be doing. We also pray over teachers and staff. God, would you give them wisdom? Would you protect them and surround them with your angels, Lord? Would you um, replenish their sleep, replenish their uh, source of of, um, patience and strength? And we just thank you because they have chosen a career path to bless other people. And so we pray a special blessing over them. And finally, Lord, um, we pray over parents that would all the stress and anxiety over being able to help with distance learning, um, over the stress and anxiety of scheduling. Um, I pray that you would put all those at ease, Lord, and would you trade all that stress and anxiety with your peace, with your comfort, and a reassurance of knowing that it's all going to be okay. It'll be okay, Lord. In Jesus' name, we thank you for that. Amen. 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 Would you all enjoy your Sunday? Have some celebratory donuts tomorrow, because we are. Rolling <laughs> And just enjoy your time together. We love you all so much. Bye. Bye.